Okay. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of yesterday's parsha, turns to Hashem and he says to Hashem, why have you done evil to your people? In response to him, Hashem begins in this week's parsha, and Hashem says to Moshe, I appear to Avram, Mitzvah, and Yaakov with the name Kel Shakai, named Shindal Yud, and... Um, And uh, now Hashem says, tell the Jewish people that my name is Yudke Vavke, I'm going to reveal myself the name Yudke Vavke. How is this an answer to Moshe's question? So Rashi answers, Rashi explains that I didn't let them know my true, my true self, my true attribute, my attribute of truth. Why not? Because I promised something, I didn't fulfill it. So in the, since Hashem promised us, the last part, Hashem promised the Armut and Yaakov, that He's going to give the Jewish people the land of Israel, and He didn't give them the land of Israel. So that's what Hashem means when He says, I, I didn't reveal myself with my, with my attribute of truth. You didn't see my promise come true. That's the, um, the simple meaning of how you read Rashi. But that sounds very funny, because it sounds like, I told Armut and Yaakov I'm going to give them the land of Israel, but I don't have to fill that promise because I didn't uh, really use my, my real name. I didn't use my attribute of truth. So I could promise and not fulfill it. It sounds like I'm allowed to lie as long as I use my alias name. But if I use my real name, then I'm talking truth. So you're wondering why the Jewish people are suffering, why I haven't fulfilled my promise. So Hashem says, it's, what's, a, what's, what's a big deal? I, was just, I, I didn't mean it then. I, 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 just was, I was kidding. Now I'm serious. That's, how you, that's what it sounds like when you read Rashi. It doesn't make any sense. Hashem, because Hashem didn't use the other name, Yudke Vavke, therefore he's let the promise not fulfill it? What, what, what are those words? Those words sound so radical. I mean, it's impossible. So the truth is that Hashem did fulfill his promise. What did Hashem say to Avram Ritzchak and He didn't just say to them, I'm going to give you the land of Israel. He said to them, to Avram, at the covenant that he made with Avram at the uh, Brisbane Absarim, Hashem said to Avram, Your children will be tr- strangers in a strange land. They will be there for 400 years. Then they will go out with great wealth. And then I'm going to give them the land of Israel. So this is exactly what's happening. Exactly what Hashem had promised. So how can we say that Hashem's promise wasn't fulfilled because they didn't get the land of Israel yet. Hashem said that to get the land of Israel is going to be going to be a process. First, is going to be slavery, and only then will they uh, receive the um, Torah and the land of Israel. That was part of the plan A. So why does God say over here as an excuse for why it didn't happen? Hashem says, "You know why it didn't happen? It didn't happen because I used another name. The reason it didn't happen was because that's what Hashem said. It's going to happen in a certain order." So, we have to say that Hashem's words were fulfilled. So then the question is the opposite. What does Hashem mean when He says, I didn't give them an attribute of truth? He did. He said exactly what He was going to do. So the answer is like this. In the words that Hashem told Avram, in His promise to Avram, 
He didn't just say, your children will be strangers and then they'll get the land of Israel. God said to Avram, I have given them already the land of Israel. The land of Israel already is language of the Talmud, it already belongs to us. And the question is, at that time, the other nations were conquering more and more of the land of Israel, so how can you say that it's in our hands? How can you say it's in our hands when it's not in our hands? So the question isn't why um, the Jewish people didn't get the land of Israel yet. Uh, the question is on the Hashem. The question is, yeah, the, I'm sorry, that is the question. The question is, why didn't they get it yet? Hashem says, I've given it to you already. I've given you the land of Israel already, so that should already be in our hands. How come it wasn't yet in our hands? So that's how Hashem responds, and Hashem says, the reason why it's not in your hands yet is because I didn't use the name Yudkevavke. To explain that detail of why technically it belongs to you, but someone else is there right now, and someone else claims ownership of it, even though it belongs to you, spiritually belongs to you. But the fact that there's another person there, another nation there, many nations there, standing there and saying that we own the land of Israel, that's because the promise was from a different name. How does that explain it? What does that mean? So there's a tradition, and it says in many, many holy books, that every prayer that we say has an effect. Every single tefillah. The Gemara says that uh, Reb Chia and his sons had a unique uh, relationship with their prayers. And that as soon as they prayed, immediately there was a response in heaven. As soon as they said, Mashiv HaRuach, Hashem makes the wind blow, the wind blew. Hashem says, Meri Dageshem. When they said in their prayers, Hashem causes the rain to fall, the rain fell. And uh, that, that's a unique thing to see in this physical world how your prayers have an immediate effect but Tzimachzadik writes that the truth is that every prayer has an effect every prayer has an impact what's unique about this, the prayers of Rebbechi and his sons was that they saw a physical change to their prayers immediately but in heaven spiritually every prayer does something there's something that is changing somewhere in heaven through our prayers It's also possible that our prayers have an effect in this physical world as well, or it reaches the phys- this world, but it's possible that Hashem answers your prayer that you're asking for, and instead of giving it to you the way that you asked for it, Hashem gives it to you in a spiritual way. You receive some kind of spiritual response to your prayers. You are asking for something, and instead of actually seeing a change, you receive some divine light instead. It's not exactly what you asked for, but there is some response to your prayer. There's something that's happening to you, but it's not physical. So what does it depend on? How come sometimes a prayer is answered in a physical way, and sometimes a prayer is only answered in a spiritual way? The answer is, is that it depends what kind of divine light you're reaching with your prayers. It depends if it's a limited light of the Ebrister, a limited light of God, or an infinite light of Hashem. A limited light of Hashem extends from heaven and it descends to the worlds beneath, high, the higher worlds. But eventually, if it's limited, it doesn't go all the way to this world. But if it, the light that you're connecting to through your prayers is infinite, if your prayers are an infinite kind of prayer, and therefore they reach the infinite light of Hashem, then the effect of the prayer is that there's something <clears throat> that happens physically in this world. There's a physical result a physical change in this world as a result 
of, of your prayer. Elsewhere in Hasidus, Rebbe speaks about the prayers of Eliezer, the, son, the, the servant of Avram. And Rebbe spoke about how we say in our prayers, we say, God sends his words to the earth. His words travel swiftly. I've explained that sometimes Hashem sends his words to the earth and it, in every, Hashem decides, Hashem Kippur, what's going to happen. But as it descends to the world, as, it, as every day and every week passes from that original decision of Hashem Kippur, there is another judgment about how this divine flow will reach the world. And that's why we have to pray every day. And there's a judgment at every step uh, as this decision that was, that was decided on Yom Kippur, how it's going to take, how it's going to, although this decision was about the physical world, but just like when we make a decision about the physical world, you decide you're going to get up a certain time this morning, but when your alarm clock goes off, you know, you, 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 you reevaluate. So in a similar way, it's possible that there is a divine decision, but then there's, as it goes to a, to a lower level, there's another dis- question whether or not this actually be, should actually happen or not. That's when the prayers reach a more, a lower and the more limited light of Hashem. However, when the prayer is like the prayer of Eliezer, which was a selfless prayer, and he just wanted that the Avram's child should have a shidduch, that Avram, his master, who was a servant of Hashem, that, that this, the, the will of Hashem should be fulfilled. So then the, kind, then the prayers are answered immediately, and there's an, infant, and there's an immediate impact. And I've actually spoke about how well, we should pray with that kind of, a, kind, of a, kind of a way, within a selfless way, and we should think about like, not just what we want, but why we want it, and how really whatever Hashem gives us in a physical way, how we're going to create something spiritual out of it. And, and, and that, that should motivate our prayers, and that will cause a different impact in our prayers. But, so the difference between the physical impact or the spiritual impact, it, it originates from the limited light of Hashem or the infinite light of Hashem. An infinite light of Hashem reaches this world. The meaning of the word truth, Hashem says to, to Amosha, I do not reveal myself in my attribute of truth. Truth is something which is in all places and in all times. Like the Gemara says about the learned, we learned many times that the rivers uh, which dry up once in seven years are not kosher for the mechat, it's not kosher to be used for the water of the ashes of the paraduma. Because those waters are called lying rivers. They're called rivers which lie, which, say the, which don't say the truth. Why? Because the fact that they dry up every so often, that indicates that they're not real. They're not imaginary. They're, they're real water there. It's wet. And it's, but when we say it's a lie, what that means is, is that it's not forever. If something's not forever, it's not really true. So just like this is in time, so is this in space. If there's something which is only applicable in certain places but not in others so then that indicates the thing you're talking about isn't really real educators talk about how parents make a mistake when they go to an amusement park and they tell their child hey uh, there's a discount for those who are under 12 tell them tell them that you're 11 so imagine the parents spend twenty thousand dollars for tuition they throw it all away at the entrance to disney world they say, you're 11. So they're saying, truth is an important thing, but right now it's not important. So you're telling the child that it's okay, that truth doesn't, doesn't really matter. So, so space and time, if there's one, if there's one time that, that the, something isn't applicable, that means that it's not really true. If there's one place that's not applicable, it also means it's not true. So when Hashem says that I haven't revealed myself yet, with my attribute of truth, 
that means is that yes, the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people right now, but that's spiritually. They are the spiritual owners. They're not able to, to, to evict those who are in the land of Israel right now. They can't evict them. They, they are technically, spiritually, legally, halachically, they have ownership of the land of Israel, but right now there's someone else there. They don't, I'm not going to give them the ability right now to evict whoever is there from their property. Technically it belongs to them, but they do not yet um, have the ability to evict them yet. So Moshe Rabbeinu was asking Hashem, why have you done evil to your people? What's the point of all this, of all this suffering? Hashem's response is, I haven't yet fulfilled my promise. I haven't yet revealed my truth. I, the reason why there has to be the exile is because I want to reveal the infinite light of Hashem, the light of Hashem which is in all places and all times equally. And therefore, since this hasn't happened yet, the land of Israel doesn't physically belong to them, and it's all also connected to the Torah that's going to be given right now. We had Torah before. It says in the Talmud that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov all studied Torah. Not only did they study Torah, they also did mitzvahs. So Moshe's question is also, you're, you're saying you're going to give us this Torah. What exactly is the new ingredient in, in Torah 2.0 that we don't have yet? We already have Torah already now. We're learning Torah. We're doing mitzvahs. What do you mean, Hashem, when you say you're going to give us a Torah now all of a sudden? What, what, what does that mean? So, so, the answer is that what's unique about the giving of the Torah is, is as the Talmud says, the following example. Talmud says that there, was, there were two kings that didn't, didn't, didn't get along with each other. King of Rome and king of Syria had a fight. They made a, a pact between each other, a, a sort of a treaty. Those in Rome shall not go down to Syria, and those in Syria will not go up to Rome. So in a similar way, before the giving of the Torah, there was a separation between the higher worlds in this world. The heaven belongs to God, the earth belongs to people, and there cannot be a connection between the two. So although when, when uh, Yaakov uh, is peeling the sticks and mating his sheep, the Zohar says that what he's really doing is the same divine revelation that we have, we put on tefillin, yet those sticks did not retain any holiness. Those sticks were able to be just, just thrown away with. Why? Because the divine energy that Yaakov connected with was a limited spiritual energy, and then have a physical effect in this physical world. Hashem told Meishu Rabbeinu that what I'm going to do right now is reveal my attribute of truth, Truth means it's in all places and in all times. That now when a person puts on tefillin, they're going to confer on the physical animal hide that the tefillin is made of, holiness. So that the tefillin will now become a cheftzah an object of holiness. That's the... Um, that's the... Uh, um, the unique revelation that is going to happen now. That's what Hashem tells Meishu now, why didn't this happen until then? Now, that's really not a good question. The opposite is a good question. The question really is not why it didn't happen until now. The question is why is it possible now? What, what do I mean? Let's talk about teaching something. Um, you said something? When you teach something to someone else, 
So who are you talking to? You're talking to the person's mind. You're, you're trying to transfer an idea to someone else's mind. That's, that's what teaching is. You're trying to give an idea to someone's mind. Can you ask a question? Why don't you try to give the idea to their feet? It's impossible, right? It, 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 you're only able to transfer ideas to minds, not to feet. Why don't you give the idea to the wall, to a rock? You can't really give an idea to a wall or to a rock because I, I walls and rocks aren't a vessel for ideas. That's true for ideas. In a similar way, we talk about divine light, spirituality. We talk about holiness. The Hebrew word for holiness is kedusha. Kedusha means something which is separate, something which is above, something which is, which is not physical. So does, you can't ask a question, why is it that God's light didn't reach the physical world? Of course it didn't reach the physical world. Because just like a, an idea, which is a little bit spiritual, can't touch and can't reach feet, and it can't reach a wall, and it can't reach a rock, so too uh, a spiritual light of Hashem has no relationship to, a, to, 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 to the physical world. It, it makes sense why before the giving of the Torah, it remained spiritual and didn't touch the physical. That, there's no question about before the giving of the Torah. That makes sense. The question is the opposite. The question is, how is it possible that subsequent to giving the Torah, we're now able to bring God's light to the physical world. How, how can we make a shidduch, how can we make a connection, a convergence between these two very distant things? So that's the answer that God gave to Meshach Rabbeinu, Ani Havaya. That this is, takeh, this is something which is not possible. It's not possible to, make this, to, to bridge this gap between the spiritual and the physical. It's only because of the infinite light of Hashem, because Ani Havaya, Hashem told Meshach Rabbeinu, Tell the Jewish people, my name is Yudki Vavke. Yudki Vavke is the name of Hashem, which expresses God's infinity. Only because of God's infinite light is it now possible that the truth of Hashem should be manifest and, and, and reach the physical world. So that is why they had to go through the exile in order to prepare for the giving of the Torah to receive this infinite light of Hashem. But now... We are waiting for the coming of Mashiach. And the coming of Mashiach, things will be at an even higher level. When God gave us the Torah, it wasn't just where Hashem's light reached, it was also a different kind of light. Again, if Hashem's light only could reach something spiritual, that means the light of Hashem is limited. The fact that it, it's able to touch the physical is because there's an infinite light. That's why Hashem told us when He, told us when he gave us the Torah, I am Hashem your God. I am Yudke Vavke. I am only because it's Yudke Vavke, it's the name of Hashem, which has to do with his essence, is it possible for it to reach the physical world. But now, this Golis, this exile, is a preparation for the imminent arrival of Mashiach. What's Mashiach about? Mashiach comes, not only will the light of Hashem reach the physical world, the inner workings of the physical world as it does now, the Peptimius. Rabbi Gronel Vashom used to like to use the word download. Now we're able to download the godly energy into the physical world because, because we're talking and connecting to an infinite light of Hashem. But it's still not manifest to our eyes. We don't see the, what's happening. When you say a bracha on a cup of water, it says in holy books that the cup of water has changed. But you don't see anything that's happening to the cup of water. You don't see what's happening to the, to the physical animal height. Mashiach will come, the divine light that rests on our, in our tefillin and 
in, our, in, the cup of, in the cup of water will be manifest to our eyes so we could see a change in the cup of water as it was before the, cup of wa- before the bracha was said and after the bracha was said. Why is that? Because Mashiach, the arrival of Mashiach will bring about a revelation of an even higher light of Hashem. And therefore, it will not just reach the physical world in, a way, in, the, in the deeper inner workings of the physical world. Be, when you download something to your computer, it's, it's there, but you have, to, you have to press a button to see it. Mashiach will come, not only will it be downloaded to the physical world, but as the Tez and the the glory of Hashem will be revealed. All flesh will see the mouth of Hashem speaking, meaning that the revelation of Hashem will be in a way that our eyes will see this revelation. The Rebbe said that says in the Talmud that the first people who will be healed, everyone will be healed from illness of Mashiach will come. The first people that will be healed, the Rebbe said, are those who have uh, challenges with their eyesight. And Mashiach's coming will reveal godliness to our physical eyes in a way that we'll see godliness the same way we see physical things. So since there will be a spiritual um, since our, we'll get better spiritually, automatically get better physically as well. They've actually said, and the first thing we'll use our eyesight for is to see the newspapers that Mashiach has come already. Anyway, so, so, so the difference between today and before the, the giving of the Torah is that through the giving of the Torah, it's possible to bring God's holiness to the world. And the difference between, between this morning and this moment Mashiach comes is the Mashiach comes, we'll see it with our physical eye. Not just that it's brought to the physical world, we'll see it. And that's because within Hashem's name itself, there are different levels. There's Havaitala Tata, Havaitala Eila. There are different levels of revelation, even within Yud Kivavka. Mashiach will come to be the highest and deepest revelation of godliness, and therefore we'll see the truth of everything in the physical world. There'll be a revelation of God's essence, and God's essence is reality of everything. Of everything. And therefore, we'll, our physical, physical eyes will see. Hashem's truth, not just our eyes, but our feet, and every part of us will sense and feel and, and see the truth of Hashem, and uh, that's, that, that's what we're waiting for. It happened immediately. Any questions or comments? All right. Have a great day. Good work.